We are live. JT here. Welcome to the huddle. The huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today, whether you are joining us live as we stream into the Facebook community, whether you are watching the replay on Facebook, YouTube, whether you are listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to be here with me and my special guest today, because I know that you're going to grab lots of great nuggets of wisdom from my guest today. I've been really looking forward to this conversation with my guest today. We've known each other for a while. We've known each other for a long time. And I know just from the conversations that we have about you know, football, about school, about family, about life that I'm just really uh, enthused to see where, for, where, where this goes. My guest in the huddle today is Coach Austin Scarpelli. How are you today, Coach? I'm great, Justin. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, you know, this is, I guess, the first time our conversation's on camera, but I'm excited to, to be able to talk and share. Usually, when we end our conversations, I'm always in a better place that day. So, yeah, it should be good. I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, definitely. And again, my pleasure to have you on today, Coach. Um, one of the things I wanted to do was to start by sending you some gratitude. You know, over the last couple of years, you know, I definitely made some changes in my life. And one of the things that I'm, I'm so grateful for is that you always have kept those communication lines open. You always pick up the phone. You'll give me a call back if you're unable to, but you, you really have continued to invest a lot of your time and energy into our friendship and our relationship. So I just want you to know that it, it, over the last couple of years with all these changes, it really has brought a lot of joy to my heart. And so I just want to say thank you for that. You know, you're, you make me blush on here. It's, it's not, that's just, I mean, being there for each other, it's, it's a two-way street. And, and I mean, it goes vice versa. I've, you know, everybody in the last few years in particular have gone through all sorts of different changes in, you know, myself as a coach, professionally, as a teacher, you and I've had a lot of conversations. So, I mean, it's easy to, to keep the lines of communication open when, when it's, it's reciprocal, right? It's mm -hmm. always there. And, and every time you reach out, I'm happy to be there. Uh, most yeah. of the time it, I end up ahead than anything else. So it's, <laughs> well, so I appreciate you saying that. Oh, I love it. So coach, I always like to start off the huddle, having some fun. One of the things I often remind people is that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. So what I would love for you to share is what is an interesting fact, maybe an interesting quirk that you have that you would feel comfortable sharing with our community? Um, let's see. Interesting. I don't know how interesting it is, but I'm a, a self-reported nerd uh, behind the scenes. You know, it's with my kids, it's playing video games. And when they go to bed, it's, you know, even more, you get to play the real video games or playing Lego with, you know, with my son. 
a lot of the times it's, you know, Hey, we're going to build this. Okay. Maybe it's my, I'm more leading the, leading the games behind the scenes more than anything else. So maybe I'm a bigger nerd than, than I lead, you know, give that impression. So I'd say that'd be uh, closet nerd would be the one, I guess. Okay. You know, it's interesting as you share that, right? What, what I really got a sense of was how much you choose to, you know, invest time and energy into things that bring you joy, you know, playing with kids, right? And just the simple things of life. You have to, I mean, being home, right? You get, especially as a teacher, you're, you're home in that time in the, in the summer with your family, you've got to put it in there. It's, and you know, the, the last, whatever it is, 18 months, whatever the time is, you get a little extra time at home than what you anticipated mm. but if you're not there literally who else is so you gotta you gotta put it in and some days are easier than others right when you're you want that that's quote selfish time and it's you know you got to be there for them and and put that smile on and wear that hat and and whatever find the joy in what we're doing all together i love that coaching it's what a, what a great simple reminder so I'm curious, you were a high level athlete, right? And, and you had success at multiple levels, right? Like, again, you had it not only in high school, at the community, at university, and then you went on to coach. And that's kind of where our connection started, right? And, and you've coached at lots of different levels. You've coached at, at the high school, you've coached at the provincial, you've coached at community, at different age groups. You've also spent some time coaching in university. So I'm curious, what role has sport played for you in your life? And what has really been the one biggest takeaway from your experience? Well, I mean, sport's a huge part of my life. It's, it's opened so many doors. Um, it's built so many relationships. Um, you know, it's, it's helped me professionally get into teaching when the, the rules were different in hiring. Um, it's, it's given me confidence, you know, when, when I was young, you know, I, I literally was picked last many times growing up, if not all the time. And you start to develop as an athlete, I guess. And you go from being picked last to being picked first to, you know, on the playground. And your own self-image starts to, you start to build that own self-confidence a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being, being cut multiple times from basketball in high school and, you know, kind of finding that home in football. You know, I got lifelong friends through, you know, teammates and, and classmates and, and coaching colleagues uh, that I mean, I'd say sport has really built those relationships and, and helped the communication and understand, you know, you need to be together with people working together, um, being dependable, being accountable um, and, and on a holding other people, you know, I guess trust being trusting that they're doing their end. Sports done a lot. I don't know. There's, I could go on, man. Sports really done a lot for me um, to get to this place, I guess. Well, and, it, and it's interesting. Like what I heard from you were a couple things. One, it's really taught you about what it means to be a great teammate, right? And you coming from a background of coaching and education, right? We see like that is a fundamental life skill. When you can be a great teammate, I just think it leads me to the second point. It leads to great opportunity because people can count on you. People can trust you. They know they can depend on you. So I'm curious for you, was being a, a great teammate something that 
you've always understood or is that something that you've learned in your journey to greatness? Um, I would definitely say um, it's always been there because again, I was never, uh, I know you sort of, you made, made me sound like I was a much better athlete than I ever was, but I always had to count on others or be accountable to that because I was never the best player on the team or my, not even the best player in my position group at any point on any team. So I had to make myself accountable in other ways. And, you know, knowing that here's my job and here's my role and here's my responsibility. Can I do my part for the greater good? Because the, the, you know, I was never the person where the, you know, the, the lights are shining on me. I was more of that role player that, uh, I don't want to say peripheral, but the supporting role more than the, the starring role in any situation. So, um, yeah, being able to hold my end and being that teammate or, or preparing or, or, you know, spend that extra time in practice or film or whatever I needed to do. That's kind of how I was able to continue in football and coaching and, and whatever. And, and I think that that brings up a great point, right? It's, it's really knowing what your strengths are right and and whether you apply that to game of life and, and like you said your ability to foster great relationships to uh, you know to really be kind to people and really just having that sort of common confidence to really understand you allowed you to to thrive right because you just again there's sort of that this level of comfort in your own skin yeah, I guess it sounds more, sometimes it's your, your discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost okay. that thing where, do you know what I mean? And I don't yeah. mean that to be self-deprecating or anything like that, but it's, okay, wait a minute. I know where these other athletes are, or, you know, even as a coach, like there's, there's players on your team that, that have all the, the talent in the world. <laughs> and I got to find a way to help them achieve their goals, right? So I guess being that good teammate is knowing like, man, this person can get it done maybe, you know, in spite of, of my help. So what can I do to help support them achieve? And on the way, if they're achieving, I'm achieving, right? If they're winning, I'm winning. If, if they're making in life, you know, and I played a small role in that, then, you know, I'd like to think, you know, to an extent, you know, we made it together depending on, on the situation there for sure. Well, and I think that, that what you just shared there speaks volumes about who you are, right? And, and I view you as someone who's a very servant-based leader, right? Like you are very right driven to help people succeed, right? To, to maximize their gifts, their talents, their abilities, and putting them in a position to use those gifts, talents, and abilities so that they can thrive. Now, is that something that you picked up you know, from a coach, like, do you, do you remember, was there a coach or mentor that really helped you understand that idea? Um, oh man, there's been so many, um, so many people, I wouldn't say that specifically said help, you know, you yeah. need to help maximize somebody else's potential. Nobody's come out and said that, mm-hmm. but I mean, my, my high school coaches, when I was young, um, you know, at STA, I had several good ones and, and they just cared so much about the kids, the players like us, uh, and, and they coach for a long time there and seeing that, you know, and it's, it's more than just sport. It's, you know, helping these people. And I know you always hear that cliche speech, but it's always stuck with me. It's 
you know, you're not just coaching someone to be better at sport. You're coaching them in life, whether they're going into the workplace or being a better husband or father or member of the community. Um, and that always resonated with me, you know, so I wouldn't say it's a specific moment, um, mm-hmm. you know, coaches ahead in the community, um, you know, uh, I don't want to name too many names here and leave anybody out, but I mean, coach Esposito did a, a lot of stuff for community football here in London. Um, coach Brad Winder, uh, took a lot of confidence in me when I was, when I was young playing community and, um, I've had a lot, you know, some, some we've coached together with. Mm-hmm. Uh, who've all played great roles and and sort of helped me build that uh, that accountability piece and always I guess the common message with with these positive coaches in my life has always been trust trust your teammate mm-hmm. be accountable to them and and you know hope everyone's on the same page and that's that's always stuck I guess and it's interesting the more conversations I have with with great coaches whether they be at the community level, the high school level, the university, the pro level, it, it, it always comes back to one, like the same ideas. So I love that you talked about trust, right? And I'm a firm believer that trust starts by loving tough, right? It's, it's really about, okay, finding out what is it that people want? Like, what is their goal? Is it to play you sport, right? Is it to go pro? Is it to achieve 85 in a class? And, and really finding out like what speaks to their heart, and then it's like, it's like just finding those opportunities to, to really help them get there, right? Faster, with greater ease. And, and that's where I feel is a, is a hallmark of every great coach. Yeah, it's, you know, to, to that effect, one of the, I don't know, anecdotes I've used about a former vice principal and I sort of talked about, you know, being in those roles. And I sort of equated being a coach and, and being a teacher. So I, I still, I did not make this up. I heard it somewhere else, <laughs> but uh, so I'm not going to take credit for that, but equated to being a zookeeper. And, okay. you know, it's, it sounds funny, but and I don't mean it that way, but you have to know what, what to give each animal. Um, okay. They don't all have the same diet. They don't all okay. have the same needs in terms of habitat mm-hmm. and the way they respond to stimulus. So being that zookeeper, knowing how to treat each of the animals differently who came from who knows what ends of the planet to all be in this one, you know, location here, which isn't natural to them and being able to help them live and have success, you know, as a, as a species, as, as much as that sounds, Mm -hmm. giving the animals what they need uh, and knowing that matters. Now I'm curious, is that, something that you consciously do, right? Like you said, it's really helping identify, you know, what is it, what, what do they need? Right. And that's kind of the one thing is I'm a firm believer. People are brought into your life sometimes to fill, fill the need of what you actually need to thrive as opposed to necessarily what you want. Right. Because sometimes we want things that, you know, um, we'll just say we need to fill in those gaps a little bit. So how has that idea framed the way you teach the way you coach and the way you choose to show up as a servant-based leader well i guess it's that it's always that conversation between um equity and equality right or uh some people need like you said that that sort of tough love uh and, and some people you need to have a little bit more um laissez-faire approach i guess or give a little bit more autonomy and, and some people need to be told like if you give me instruction i'll do exactly that but they they struggle to find their own uh, intrinsic motivators or, or their own path. So at the end of the day, whether it's teaching or coaching, it's, it's people, it's people business, right? So being able to 
to get to know somebody um, for the small time you might be working with them and saying, okay, this person responds well when this happens. And, and it's, it's sometimes trial and error and it doesn't always go your way, right? Uh, it, you you got to start somewhere and you're like, okay, hey, wait a minute, that didn't work. Let's try it or, or just talk, talking to each other. Hey, what works? Um, you know, when I say this, what is that? How does that go? Do you prefer this other strategy? And, you know, some people are, are comfortable with conversation. Some people are not, um, you know, they, they kind of, oh yeah, no, it's all good, whatever. Um, maybe they don't have confidence in, in sharing that, or maybe they, they genuinely don't know or have never been asked those questions before. So yeah, getting to know people allows you to do that, but it takes time. It's that relationship building. And, and again, sometimes it takes longer with some people than others. And it's interesting, you know, hearing what you are talking about, whether it's teaching, whether it's coaching, whether it's management, it's really about the development of people. Right? And, and, and it goes back to, and it goes back to that, like, simple idea. So I'm curious from you, one of the things, again, I have coached against you, I have coached with you, I've, I've actually coached under you. The one thing I will say that you've always done a great job is you are very, like, you do preach what you consistently practice, like you do, you do give people autonomy. You know, one of the things is I, I never felt micromanaged under you. Like you're kind of like, okay, here's what you do. Like what, why is that so important as a servant-based leader to, to be able to empower people to have some autonomy? Well, again, it comes to um, getting to know what other people's motivations are. And I mean, especially with coaching, it's, you know, here in Canada and in the community roles and the high school roles or, you know, a youth sport level many, many, many people on these staffs are, are not paid positions. They're, mm -hmm. they're volunteer and everyone has different goals for it. Maybe it's, you have a, um, you know, a child on the team and you're trying to be involved. Maybe you have goals and aspirations of trying to coach at a higher level. Maybe mm -hmm. you just, you know, you love the game and football is one of those weird ones where, you know, there's not a lot of, you don't get to wear a helmet for so many years after, right? Once you kind of hang it up, there's not a lot of pickup leagues like there are other sports. So did people have different motivations to be in the coaching and really giving somebody that responsibility or that autonomy. Um, if you're going to give up a couple hours every night or every other night or whatever your, your practice schedule is, you want to know that you, what you're doing matters and, and your role is significant or that you have say, or that you, you know, what you're doing is having an impact and I don't know that you have control over your actions. So when you come to practice, it's not, okay, Hey, I want you to run this drill. I want you to do this. You know, there's a script and a plan and a schedule, but I trust you. And I also, you know, speaking to that is, is I know your experiences as a player and as a coach, and I could say, you know, this is our system. And I know you can see it the, the same way as me uh, through conversation and, and through years of experience that, yeah, you know, this is the kind of drill you got to do. And I'm not going to draw it out for you. Maybe I might see something on, on Twitter. So, hey, try this one. It's pretty cool. But those are just conversations you have as colleagues. But yeah, again, it comes to trust. It's, it's knowing other people want to be there for the right reasons and they're going to work hard. And sometimes you, you coach your coaches, but you got to give them the freedom to try. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the same in the classroom. You can't just tell students, 
here's a recipe all the time, follow these instructions and you'll get exactly the, the result. Sometimes mm-hmm. they have their own path. You, you're the facilitator. You're the guide. Right? It's okay. Hey, try. Here's some tools for the toolbox. You, you try it out and, and find your path. And I'll try to help you step by, you know, be there for the steps and, and get there. But again, you got to build to that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you share there, you know, it, it came out a, a couple of minutes ago as well, is this idea of like embracing, you know, trial and error, right? Which really at the end of the day, if we peel that back, even it's, it's like, you know, whatever you want to call it, like loving, right? Trust the process, right? Falling in love with risk, whatever it is, but really it, it's, it's, it's really conditioning and training people to become okay with not knowing, with, with walking towards uncertainty and taking risk. Oh, that's huge. I mean, one of the worst, one of the worst at it, in my opinion, is thinking, you know, everything, because mm-hmm. once you, once you stop learning, you, I mean, you stop growing and mm-hmm. it's the person who says I'm the expert, um, or at least maybe just doesn't take the time to understand other ways of doing or other ways of approaching a, a, a task or situation, good or bad. Sometimes mm-hmm. you learn from what not to do, but you there in my opinion, there's no situation where you're, you've stopped. You're always on that upward trajectory. And, you know, it's, it's like constant growth. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but I think that's, that's got an important mindset you have to have is you're always working, you're always growing. And, and yeah, it takes, there are some bumps on the road, but you always got to be working towards it. And, you know, what I'm hearing from you again, is that athlete mindset, right? And and that's something that, I feel a lot of high level athletes and coaches, we sometimes forget that that's not natural for most people, right? That, that ability to be coachable, to, to have that open mind. Right. And and I, I'm a firm believer that the mind works best when it's open, right? It's like a parachute, right? And, And the parachute only works once it's open. So, so it's really interesting that you talk about that, how that simple idea about having an open mind, being coachable, being open to new ideas of, of ways of thinking is really fundamental in order to achieving your next level of greatness. Oh, absolutely. I actually use that almost on the first day of, of a semester with, with my classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I kind of talk like, hey, listen, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you. I teach business in high school and like, so I'm going to teach you the, our curriculum. But to be honest, my background and my personality as a coach, I'm, I'm, probably going to coach you. And, you know, I explained to them the difference between highlight tape and game tape. Mm-hmm. And when we're watching, you know, when I'm teaching you, we're not always watching the highlight tape. I'll show, I'll point out the good plays. I'll point out, Hey, you did a great job on this task or this project or, or whatever you did. Mm-hmm. But there's a time where we got to look at the game tape and say, okay, wait a minute. What was your process or what were you thinking when, when this happened um, and, and help you help you grow and, not everyone likes to hear that part of it. So talk about being coachable. That's my, I say that be coachable. And that's the perspective I take is be open to the feedback and not, not everyone takes feedback. Well, you have to train yourself. You have to become mm-hmm. comfortable with it. And yeah, it's a different mindset. And once the students see that, once athletes see that, and it's, you're always learning and growing, even though you might've won or you got 99%, even if you got hundred percent or whatever, you won a thousand to zero, it doesn't matter. There's, there's something to build on or else why come to school? Why practice? Why? Like 
you've you've achieved if you hit it all why do you come every day so it's it's finding that extra motivator i guess and i love what you're sharing because i really heard how responsibility falls on both a coach and a team member right the coach your first job if, if you truly want people to be able to receive feedback from you it starts back to what you talked about you have to build that trusting relationship first you have to help people to see that what that you genuinely care about their well-being that you truly want to see them succeed right and and that is something foundational again to any great leader but i also love that you also sort of put it on the team member the student you know the the athlete that you need to be able to be objective with yourself to understand that in any given play of life football you know in the classroom that there is always going to be something that you're doing really well and there is always something that you can do better next time and i find that again the highest performers the most successful the most effective people can be objective right and with themselves and really see what am i doing well what can i do better next time and and literally asking yourself and those are the only two questions easier said than done i know that's something that i've really had to learn to do in my life that's really going to help you help accelerate your progress. Yeah. I mean, again, not to go back to that zookeeper thing, but understand everyone has their, their own goals. And mm. as a teacher, as a coach, um, or whatever role you play in supporting somebody, it's, I'm helping you facilitate your path to your goal, right? It's, it can't be me. I can't say, here's my goal for you, even though I'd love to, right. And sometimes you say like, I, you know, you have this kind of potential and I see like you're this type of student, like you can get there. Like, man, the, the, the sky's the limit for you, but you also got to want that for yourself mm-hmm. and all the, the speeches and the feedback and the, and the motivating discussion or whatever you want to call it, isn't going to make that, that big of an impact if you don't want those same things for yourself and, and understand, you know, sometimes the, the process that goes into achieving those things. And what I'm hearing from you again is the importance of having clarity of goals, right? Is because goals are, again, goals aren't the be all end all, but goals are just kind of like a measuring stick, just, you know, they're kind of like road signs. So if I'm driving to visit you in London, okay, when I see the road sign, okay, Kitchener, right? I'm here. I, I, they're just those, those mile checkers, right? That, that really just help show you whether you're on, whether the feedback is you're getting towards your destination or whether you're like completely in the opposite way. Yeah. And that's sort of the, the nature of goals, right? You can't, mm-hmm. even though we have sort of that, you know, that, that end goal, mm-hmm. right. Or, or whatever it is, then you got to find the new goal. Once you get there, then what do you know what I mean? And, and I think that's it. So you sort of set it up and however you do it, whether it's time phrase, maybe it's today, I want to do this, this week, mm-hmm. I want to do this, this month, this year, however you frame it, two years, five years, 10 years, whatever your, your things, you know, one season to the next season, you know, freshman year to, to senior year, however you, you structure your, your goals, but now there's an end. There's a finite amount of time, right? It's okay. My goal is to save for a house, right? What are you going to do to get there? Well, I got to get a job, right? Well, then you got to save and invest your money. Okay. How long am I doing that? Get down payment, you know, finance the house, whatever the case. My goal is to get into a university program, right? Mm-hmm. My goal is to play at the U sports level, 
Well, now you're there, right? Now you bought that house. Now you're at the youth sports level. Now you're in that career you wanted. Now what? Okay, well, I want to get my degree and I want to go into this professional program or whatever. You never stop. Now you start that career and it's the next step. And again, there's always got to be something because that's what you live for. If you ever achieve, once you achieved, that's the end. That's a scary, like that's a terrifying concept to me mm-hmm. is, yo, once you stop, once you achieved all your goals, that's it, man, that's game over. Mm-hmm. And you bring up a great point, right? You talked about like growth is, is, is embedded in our DNA, right? And you think back to what got us out of living in caves as cavemen and cave women, right? Was that ability to, to push you know, our comfort zones to find, you know, you just think of how we're having this conversation today and that's there, but it's understanding that really the joy is really like falling in love with the process, right? It's it's really falling in love with the journey. And yes, as long as you continue to do the things you need to on a daily basis, you'll get to your goal, but it's really learning to, you know, be here and now, right now, and that's like you said, that's where the joy of life happens. Yeah. And that's the hard part because everyone sets those goals. Say, okay. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I get to here, man, I'll be happy. Yeah. But like we said, once you get there, then there's something else. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're not enjoying what's, what's in front of you at the moment, by the time you get to that goal and you just burned through, you put your head down and just went, you know, you kind of talk about, okay, my goal is to get that you know, whatever 80 average or my goal is to be a high level athlete. Well, if you didn't socialize with your friends, if you ignored your family, if you didn't study in school or like you didn't do those other things that matter as a whole human being, you get to that goal and you're like, man, who's here to celebrate it with me? Or I made all this money and what am I going to spend it on? Buy a bunch of stuff by myself? Like, I don't know. You you can't just, you want to be, we talk about laser focus. But you also, you know, that the light off the laser shine into all the other things on that path. And, and I think that's what I know that's the opposite of what lasers are, are pretty dialed in. But you get what I mean? Like you need yeah. to be able to to see the other things on the way. You can't just neglect it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Well, and 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 you bring up a, a great point is that we've all been conditioned and believe that someday, right? Like someday I'll be happy. And, and again, folks, I, I say that as I've, I've been there, done that, right? Like I'm, I got the t-shirt, you know, I, I've lived like that, but as coach is saying, like he's talking about, and, and this is one of my favorite quotes is by one by the German philosopher Goethe, And he talked about before you, and I'll paraphrase it before you can do something, you must first be something. So you have to embody those characteristics today and enjoy the process for you to live a rich, a successful, a great life, because the here and now is all you have. Yeah. I think that's one thing the last couple of years, a year and a half, whatever has taught a lot of people is, mm-hmm. you know, when some of those things that you genuinely like look at football is a perfect example. I mean, look at the, the people you've been talking to in the, in the world, you know, some of the circles that, that we know when you take that out, and, you know, there's a year suspended from, from training and practice and all that time that, that people spend, what else, people start to realize, what else do I have? And maybe that, that work-life balance or that, you know, becomes more of a focus. 
where even now I know with the, with the beef feeders, being able to say, okay, here's my priorities. Um, and yeah, I take this coaching very seriously and I'm available to those athletes and, and coaches and, and everybody, but at the same time, it's, you got to be there for your family and you, and you see your own personal struggles and, you know, and everyone's been in that boat over the last little bit. So I think having that different mindset of, of, yeah, it's, it can't just be one thing that defines you. Mm-hmm. You've got to look holistically at, at all the things around you. And I think it's coming back to that. Well, and I think you, again, you, you bring up a great point about, you know, what we've all experienced in the last year and a half. And yes, we've all had our moments where we have faced challenges, struggles, obstacles, adversity. But from what I've been able to observe, it's really forced us to, to be still, right? To take away some of the shiny objects that, you know, that maybe we think define us. But, but really the people who I think have, have really been able to, to navigate this time are the ones that have really learned about living from the inside out, right? As opposed to the outside in. And, and I say that folks as someone where, listen, when I left teaching and moved cities two years ago, I got a, I went to the school of hard knocks with that because again, I, I, I didn't realize how much my life was driven from the outside in, 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 in my personal life per se, professionally inside out. So, so it's really understanding that you can focus, you can start to live inside out, but understand it's a daily practice. Yeah. And you said being easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a shock to the system sometimes to, mm-hmm. to sort of make that realization. And one of the, you know, struggle, not, a, not struggle, but one of the things I came to, and as I'm looking at, you know, my, my social media handles or email things where it's, it's, it's coach scarps and that title of coach, you sort of personify or you put that as a part of your, you know, your personality, all of a sudden you're not coaching. I'm like, man, I've got to change. That's, that's my name that's my email. That's a, wait a minute. I define myself and and that's a major role in it. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you take that part of it out. My, my name is now a lie or whatever it is like, wait a minute. And so again, it's that, it's that reframing you have to go through and Mm -hmm. and say, okay, well maybe coach is bigger than just sport or Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's getting too philosophical for like that, but that was one, that was a bit of a crisis I was having internally. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not coaching right now. Uh, how do you call yourself coach? Coach Scarps, yeah. right? I, yeah, good question. Well, and I, and I think what I really drew from you there is, again, this is what all high performers, highly successful, highly effective people do is they're open to asking different questions. And when you challenge yourself, and it's not comfortable sometimes, right? It's, I'm sure it wasn't comfortable for you to ask those questions to go to sort of really coach yourself to a degree, like, yeah, like who am I? Like, but when you ask yourself different questions, it's interesting how your perception of what's important, right? What you're pursuing has you give yourself the opportunity to change and to refocus. Yeah, I mean. We talk about that, you know, in school, it's about, it's not about, it's that inquiry process, right? Mm-hmm. Asking questions to, to further yourself or, or not just better understand, but to help build. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't get the answers you want, um, but you got to ask to find out. 
and go think about athletes. Like one thing I find, you know, having coached at different levels that uh, you, you mentioned and, you know, I, uh, teaching in high school, you see a lot of students. I want to be a youth sports athlete and fill in the blank with sport. Mm-hmm. And some of you are highly recruited and, and they get there and then they see behind the curtain and it's, you know, wait a minute, this is what it takes. You know, these are the kind of hours I got to put in. This is the kind of work ethic. And you see those, those upper year students who've been doing it and, you know, they're looking into graduating soon and starting professional careers uh, in whatever industry or, or field that is. And you're coming as a freshman and it's like, oh my God, it's, it's a wake up call. And it's not, you realize it's not for everybody. And mm-hmm. that's a tough realization for some. That's why, I mean, that's why a lot of student athletes choose to, to leave some of those programs is you get there and it's not, it's not because of the the lack of love for the sport mm-hmm. is is you you start you don't realize this is what it takes to be great or this is what it takes to achieve and you sometimes you want things you don't realize what it was until you get there and you know it's not that the grass isn't always greener but this was the goal you like the idea of it but maybe you don't like the idea of what it takes to get there and I love that you're talking about that. And, and what I really heard from you was like your willingness, like what price are you willing to pay? Like, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice? And I find that those are kind of loaded terms, right? Because we, we've, we've been conditioned to believe that giving up or sacrifice means that I'll never get back. But one of the things I've learned with the nature of my work, you, you often need to give up something of, lesser value to gain something of greater value right like and and when you do that right it's like spring cleaning right you have to be willing to give away the old clothes to make room for the new stuff and it's funny how when you do that when you allow yourself to let go of the past when you allow yourself to let things go of things that are no longer serving you they're no longer helping you get to where you want to go you make more room for more abundance prosperity greatness right and and it's it, it's it's really comes back to just trusting that it is going to happen. Yeah, I hope Shannon doesn't hear that part. She hears you talk about cleaning. And if I don't wear that one shirt in a closet for <laughs> for a week, she's like, yeah, you never wear this shirt. We're going to donate it. So hearing that, but, <laughs> but you bring up that point. And I mean, being that business teacher with the that economic principle of opportunity cost is is critical. You, you literally, you just taught my lesson. That, that whole lesson I do in opportunity cost, you just did it where it's every, every single decision you make big and small comes with a series of, of opportunity costs. You always kind of say, what's the best choice for me where I'm giving up the least or, or that has the lowest opportunity cost. So by gaining this, what am I giving up or what am I willing to give up in order to achieve that? And it's it sometimes, yeah, it, it's tough. And I, I, you know, I use it with my students all the time. Like you came to school today, right? You could have done anything else. You could have skipped. You could have slept in. You could have been working. You could have done all sorts of other things. But you felt the value coming to school mm-hmm. was worth giving those things up. And not mm-hmm. necessarily because, hey, I had some awesome lesson planned today. But it might have been because I don't want to get my, my mom mad at me or my parents mad at me. Or I didn't want to get that mark on my, my report card saying I missed a day absent. Whatever your motivator was, but you decided it was more valuable to me to, me to come than, and I'll give up doing those other things because I either didn't want that negative reward 
right? I didn't want that negative stimulus or I wanted the positive stimulus of coming to class or seeing my friends or there's that, that cute person in my class I want to sit next to or whatever the case, you decided to make the one decision, but you had to give up all those other things by doing that. And you, you extrapolate that to any other scenario by coming to practice tonight or by buying that car, man, maybe you're not buying those new shoes or, you know, you got to kind of sacrifice on some of those online subscriptions or whatever you do. It, it, everything you do, man, everything you do in life is that opportunity cost. And, and I love how you're sharing again, your, your expertise in like business principles, right? And, and it really goes to show you that success in the game of life in any area, health, business, football, right? Finances, it really is 95% mindset, 5% strategy, right? And, and I always come back to that, this idea that, you know, we do live in a world where we, we're sort of conditioned here and now, right? Like instant gratification. And before we start demonizing young people, folks, I want you to understand Amazon Prime getting things delivered, like shop, like here, like we're all getting conditioned and trained to live that way. But I feel that like the, the, the question you really have to ask yourself, are my thoughts and actions today leading me to greatness tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? And when you can consistently align those things with your actions today, with where you want to go tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, that's where greatness ensues. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I mean, saying that that's something we experienced the last couple of weeks in, in practice, right? With just getting going for the first time in, in years, we got, we got some athletes who haven't played in a long time and seeing them start to respond and, there's a different approach we're taking to, to building you know, at junior football level that it's, you know, probably didn't take in the past because you have to account for that. It's, you know, the process is becoming way more important and those, those baby steps and, or those, those small milestones of, Hey, you know what, tonight's the first night we did this where, you know, I don't know, you, you we're number one, we're trying to avoid big injury soft tissue, anything major, like you go back to all the, the safe contact training and things that it, it became, not that it's never a focus, but it came an overemphasized focus. Like guys, you haven't done this in, in a long time. Let's make sure we're doing things the right way. It comes down to, Hey, you haven't run this kind of drill or moved your body. Yeah. You might've trained, you might've got a ladder out and do it. And some of our guys were working super hard. Yeah but it's different when you're doing it full speed in a game situation that some of these guys haven't put themselves in. And I mean, we don't play our first game until next weekend, mm -hmm. but I'm excited and, and anxious to, to see, because I don't know, you know, you don't have film on these teams like you, you typically mm -hmm. do in the past or, yeah. um, you know, turnover in players and turnover in, in coaching staffs. There's a lot, man. There's a lot of uh, new variables. And I think we just approach practice every day, coming back to, to what you were saying is what can we do to get better now? Yeah. And how is this going to set us up? What can we do Tuesday night to get better for the next night, to get better for the next night? Or what skill can we add or tool for the toolbox that lets us use the next one? And, and everything mm -hmm. kind of becomes that building process. Uh, and I'm really seeing that now more than ever. And, and, and I love that you're sharing that, right? It, it's really... I love how you're focusing on the fundamentals. That's what I really heard from that, right? And, and I thought, and I had this image of, you know, John Wooden, right? The, the probably one of the most decorated coaches of all time, 
you know, for those who don't know, you know, won like 10 NCAA championships. And, you know, the first thing he would do every year was to teach the players how to tie the shoes. Because when they learned how to tie their shoes properly, they decreased their chances of getting blisters. Because really, if you have blisters, can't play, can't be on the court. So that's what I really heard from you is I love the fact that you as an organization, you and the beef eaters and the other coaches and athletes are really scaling things back. So, so that's awesome. You have to, you have to, I mean, you talk about those fundamentals. I think this goes for everybody. Like we're not unique in the, in the situation far from it. And I think mm-hmm. youth sports camps are going to open soon and they'll, they'll see too, is you have, you have to start at the beginning or meet these players where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really you, you err on the side of let, you know what, let's go back to the beginning because there's been that time off that even as coaches up, we're not used to coaching that. Like normally guys are coming straight from whatever high school or, or whatever camp or program they're coming from or off season. Uh, you, you sort of missed out on that this year. So yeah, locking in the fundamentals, teams that are well-conditioned teams that, you know, physically are prepared to do it. Um, and, and, put themselves it's not going to come down to you know x's and o's and you know everybody can draw the pictures on a piece of paper man everyone can get on the whiteboard but it's it's how well can you condition your body or or put yourself in a position um mentally to be ready um for that type of stuff that people haven't done a long time that's going to be the challenge for everybody so hopefully hopefully we see success across uh, the cjfl and people taking that that approach i guess and again, I love what you're sharing because I referenced back to a conversation one of our good friends, Coach Flaxman, and he talked about it's not about X's and O's, it's about Jimmy's and Joe's, right? And, you know, I know that I've told back to, you know, say Coach Marcus always used to talk about, but really, that's what coaching is, right? And teaching or management, it's about putting the Jimmy's and the Joe's in a position to, to thrive, to, to actually to be able to use their gifts, talents, and abilities so that you can put them in a position to win that play and then as they do that and and once you put everyone in that position that's really about winning the effortless way yeah talk about effortless that's one thing you know people ask me sometimes hey you've won at whatever levels be it you know in high school or junior you know we coach the junior mustangs there Mm -hmm. at a community level and um you know in the ofc with the the cjfo we won Sometimes you win in spite of your efforts. And I don't mean that to discredit anybody or anything, but it's easy to be a good coach when you have really talented players or, or really motivated players. And sometimes, yeah, I told that, you know, we, you and I had a conversation recently. We were talking about some guys, uh, you know, some success, some CFL athletes who we coached when they were younger and they're making some just out of this world plays that, yeah. That in spite of me coaching, there's nothing I can say, hey, why don't you jump backwards and, and rotate one hand and make this interception? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I told him to do that. Like sometimes great, <laughs> you know, great athletes making these once of a lifetime kind of plays. Yeah. yeah coaching looks pretty good. Right. It, uh, I don't, oh, yeah. That was all me, guys. Yeah. Right? So we got to give more credit to these athletes sometimes than, some, than we do. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I think it's a great point. So I'm curious, again, I know one thing that I love about you, I think just back to the you know, title of our conversation today is about being kind to others. You know, this, this um, last 18 months has really been an interesting time as we've already talked about. So I'm curious, there's been a lot of interesting conversation, especially with the Olympics 
you know, recently there, the whole conversation around mental health and working with athletes and young people has, has been a topic of hot discussion. And it's been interesting for me to step back and observe, which again, easier said than done at times. So I'm curious from you, how, you know, as we, as we get back to playing meaningful football, do you feel like there needs to be an increased emphasis on developing the whole athlete, right? Yes. Of addressing all areas, not just physically, but, you know, mentally, spiritually, you know, emotionally, socially. Yeah. So I'm curious. Yes. Like I was also like emphatically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being, being in a school, I'm, I'm lucky to work with so many awesome young people and, you know, unfortunately my many of us have have dealt personally or um have been around people who've, who've struggled with their own mental health um situations so you know we uh, i've i've lost some people close to me to their mental health uh battles and being realizing you don't always know what's going on beneath the surface and there is a you know there's a huge stigma or, you know, people don't want to associate uh, or they're, they're not comfortable, you know, sharing some of their experiences. And uh, one thing we were lucky to do a few years ago at our, at our school is uh, had some, um, another teacher. Okay. Uh, Ms. McRae. Okay. I don't know if she's listening or not, but she, uh, and the group of students she was working with and a few um, couple leaders in our school, um, two of them brothers, came up with the idea of um that we call it the goodfellas club they named it not me by the way but the goodfellas club and it was it was having positive conversations with with um some of the young men in our school and it was open to anybody it was it, but mostly young men and about how can we better respond to situations or how can we be more aware and and the students sort of led their own conversations um, I'm a huge believer and supporter of that. And, and you'll always take the time because, you know, everyone has something inside, you know, and sometimes you need that extra, you know, that extra motivator, or you need that just saying, Hey, I hear you. People don't get enough of that. And whether it's the isolation we get from being on our devices all the time, like you and I talking here, seeing your face versus the phone call, it, it, it's different. And, uh, you know, just the way the nature of technology or whatever the case, people are, are a lot more isolated. So not to get it crazy, I think it's mental health. I mean, look at what happened to the Olympics and I was Simone Biles and like you have top, like world-class, like top of their field athletes that are now starting to come to the forefront with these, these things. Yeah, man, mental health and, and overall wellness is, is huge because you can't perform. You can't think straight in the classroom. If, if it's not all right, the machine doesn't work, right? And people always think the, the body, the, the muscles, the joints, the flexibility, that's the machine. Well, man, whether it's you know up here or in here, you can't see my hand, I'm putting my heart there. Something's driving the machine. And if, if one of those pieces out of whack, uh, you know, we, we gotta be there, support each other and, and, and that some people don't even know right you're you're having that i don't know we'll get deep but you're having that that internal struggle 
but you might not even realize that that's what's going on. So, so being there and being the support has to be addressed, whether it's just talking or, or finding that balance or putting yourself or reframing situations, whatever it takes, man. Uh, I'm a huge believer in, in young people that everybody, they need that balance in their life. And, and I think you bring up a great point, Coach. And, and I really like how you, you know, you talked about it. And yes, it's, it's a greater issue. Um, but, but I do love how you talked about, because we do have a lot of teachers, a lot of coaches, a lot of leaders that, that watch this. And, and it's really coming from that place of understanding that your body is an instrument of your mind. And like you said, when, when, if things are out of alignment, right, and you have to help people put them in a position to thrive, right? And like you said, we've, we've all experienced those moments in our life where it just seems like, you know, it just seems like the days are dark. But, but I do love the fact that we talked about, like, I think having these conversations, normalizing it, Right. And, and more so importantly, understanding that things can and will get better. Right. Yeah. Is, 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 I think, an important start of, of us continuing to revolutionize these conversations. But the, I think that's the hard part is when you're in it, it's hard to see mm-hmm. the other side or, or that there will be better days. Um, it's, it's hard. Right. But again, it's, it's helping people. It's, it's being there, working together. Um, that's one thing, I guess, if I can get anybody who's listening or whatever it, it, that togetherness matters and yeah. you know had, losing that physical togetherness that we have over the last little bit is affecting people immensely so finding ways to support each other mm-hmm. however possible is, is becoming more uh prevalent or more needed than i you know ever before i guess and I think it goes back to this idea. I was speaking with uh, Marshall Ferguson last week in the huddle. And, you know, I was sharing about how one of the greatest needs for every human being is to feel seen and heard. Yeah. And then Marshall added the fact and to feel appreciated. So, so when we allow people to feel seen and heard and appreciated, right? And we acknowledge them for the great things that they're doing or have done. I think that that's really can brighten anyone's day because you never know what someone's going through right yeah that was what, one of the best books i've ever read was uh bo Schembechler's. um it's called bo's uh lasting lessons is the mm. book it was given gifted to me and that was one of the points that really resonated with me in that reading that book uh you know there's a lot of anti-football anecdotes and all the stories in the, in the in the book but the big point was that every single person in the organization needs to understand what the role is, how it is contributing to the success of the team, of the group, of the club, and what they're doing matters from, you know, the administration staff, the, the ball boy, the third team practice squad player. If they're not doing that, they're frustrated because they want to be on the game. You know, they want to be on the game day roster. They want to be, you know, the starting lineup. But if they're not doing their job in practice, that five-star recruit, whatever, first, you know, first team All-American, whatever, they don't get those good reps to be able to perform. And, you know, the person who's bringing in the equipment or, you know, cleaning, like you name it, the marketing team, the concessions, like everybody who's a part of the experience, it really does a good job in that book pointing that out, matters. 
and it all comes together, but they, you need to let them know why it matters because not everyone sees that you, you kind of see, you know, you don't get to see behind the curtain. You just get to see what's going on on stage or up front. And, and I try to make that, you know, ever since reading that, that's one thing I really learned. And you talk about letting your coaches coach or whatever, let them understand what they're doing is important and it matters and what they're doing is contributing. And, and people will, will want intrinsically to work harder because they know what they're doing is making a difference. Yeah. And, and I love that, that simple idea, right? And, it, you know, one of those, you know, simple principles to live by, right, is leaving people with the impression of increase, right? It's like every time, you know, like you were mentioning, every time we get on a conversation, I always feel better than before I got on there. So I feel like just imagine that simple idea if we applied that to every relationship we were in to every room we walked into, right? There's a piece of garbage on the floor, picking it up, leaving it cleaner. And, and just that ability to leave people with the impression of increase consistently forming that habit is really what the game of life is about, right? And, and that's how we create these win-win-wins. Absolutely, you nailed it. So coach, uh, one last question for you before we end, end today. So as we've been talking about, you know, it's an interesting time this last 18 months, but, you know, regardless, challenges, obstacles, setbacks are part of the game of life. It's not that we want to come to expect them, but just it's understanding they will pop up from time to time. So I'm curious from you, if someone is experiencing, you know, some challenging, some, some struggles, some adversity, some challenges, what is one suggestion that you would give them one piece of advice that will allow them to you know get back on their feet to start taking action create some positive momentum and continue to walk along their journey to greatness um well i think there's two things that sort of go hand to hand number one is you have to understand you're not doing it by yourself um don't be too proud to to look for help um, know your limitations or your struggles and, and seek somebody who can support. It doesn't matter, you know, who that is, but you, everyone's got to have somebody or a group of people or a network or, or family, whatever, to know you're not doing that by yourself, number one. And I guess number two is, is being flexible. Um, when you're rigid and, and things don't go your way and it's, you know, everybody can win and everybody can experience success under perfect conditions. But when it's not perfect or when it's not ideal, what do you do, right? You've got to be able to adjust and adapt. And so, so number one, having people in your corner and, and knowing, have someone to go to, don't be too proud to ask for help or support or guidance. And the other ones, be flexible. Um, you might not always get a situation or an answer that you want. How can you adapt? Um, you know, cause if you're stuck, you know, it's that old saying, I guess, if you only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. So what other tools do you have in the toolbox to be able to adapt to that situation? Mm. No, I, I love it. I love it along the lines of it's keep it simple, simple. And those apply to all areas of your life. 
So coach, how can people follow you? How, again, I've noticed that you are definitely starting to have a little bit more presence on social, which I love. It, it allows me to be able to see. So what is, what is a way people can follow you or, or, or just check out kind of, you know, here's some of these. Well, ideas. you're certainly, you're certainly not getting much by following me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but uh, if anything, I share other people's great stuff. I'd say mostly Twitter, uh, it's just at Coach Scarps and, and same Instagram, I guess. But uh, okay. mostly it's, it's, it's football and family. That's, that's kind yeah. of the, the two things I share. Um, education, uh, Twitter, I use a lot with school. Yeah. yeah, at Coach Scarps, but, you know, yeah, follow me, get at me, yo, verify the profile, whatever we got to do. Yeah, <laughs> well, I love that. And what, what I'll do is I'll share out uh, all your social media handles on in the description here or YouTube or on the podcast. That's awesome. So coach, what I wanted to do was really take a moment just to acknowledge you. Um, like I, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, I, I really want to celebrate you for the man you are, the husband you are, the dad you are, the son, the grandson, but most importantly, the great human being you are. Like I can, you know, words can't express how much your friendship has helped me you know over the last couple decades how even more powerful I've realized it that as we've transitioned away um, from living in the same city from from coaching together that you've really always done a great job of 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 always picking up the phone and being there and and I want you and I really want you to know it's meant the world to me and I'm so grateful to have you in my life yeah, so I appreciate you saying that, Judd. Well, you certainly no need to, to thank me or anything like that. That comes with being a good friend. And I mean, you've done the same for me, if not more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it gets mutual, man. It is mutual. Well, thanks, brother. So here is my challenge to each of you. Coach shared so many valuable nuggets of wisdom th- that will allow you to succeed not only on the football field, in your health, in your relationships, in school and work, right? In all areas of your life. But what I'm here to remind you is knowledge is potential power. The power gets unleashed with the focus application on a consistent basis. So take one of the valuable nuggets of wisdom and consistently apply it to your life. Go and do the work. And that is what will allow you to achieve your next level of greatness. Have an amazing rest of your day. And we will chat next time in the huddle. Have a great day, everyone.